0: So, the second principle is focus. Focus. Your eyes have to be single. You must mind one thing at a time. Don't put two things to work at the same time. And that's one of the ways you can work smartly. That is one of the ways you can be most effective. Don't be jack of all, master of, don't poke your nose where you don't have strength. Focus on your strength. Stay on your area. When you mention Michael Jordan or Michael Jordan, you know what comes to mind. And that is basketball. You mention certain sports, you meet different people there. Mentions... Um, car racing, you, may, you meet people there. Mention branding, we mention Lake other. Mention politics, you mention certain people. So there is an area of strength, to you call it your niche. Go and find it. So Christ told us that we have got to let our eyes be single. Anything that threatens our focus threatens our sources do one thing at a time now let me go to the third one now the third one here is faith and here i speak of total dependence on god and his promises and the basis of that dependence is based on the death the resurrection of christ because (laughs) the basis on which we believe God, or we believe the gospel, and we even trust that whatever problem, whatever struggle we have against the power of darkness, we are going to solve this because of the resurrection of Christ. Like the lyric of a song says, Our rise as Christ was raised to life. And check it. God wants you to come to the point in your life where you are so convinced that whatever you trust him for, you do it. First John chapter 5, this is the confidence we have that whatever we ask of him, he hear it us. Verse 15, that is verse 14. 15 now says that if he hear it us, then we know we have the petition for whatever we ask. Confidence. Confidence. Confidence psalm 27 the lord is my strength whom shall i fear the lord is the light of my salvation of whom shall i be afraid when the enemy comes to eat up my flesh they will stumble and fall even if war rises against me digs these are with confidence boldness number four is a big picture of god and yeah, i want to say make boast of your convictions make books of god's abilities and for you to do this very very effectively you may read bible stories especially the miracles of the bibles to blow up your mind for instance in numbers chapter 13 or 14 or so we saw how the people complained for bread and Moses, taking that matter to God, began to express his own doubt. After God had quite told him that he's going to give the people bread. He said, God, how would you supply I mean meat rather? How would you supply meat for this number of people? They are not 10, they are not 20, they are not hundred thousand, they are not 200,000. And God said, I will fill them with I, I will feed them with meat for a whole month, not even for a day. We need to expand our impression of God. We need to enlarge our belief system. Like Caleb and Joshua. We must know we are able by the strength of God to take over nations. To influence people of God. And this will not happen until you begin to make you, you begin to you begin to, to to make a bold bold talk. Hallelujah. Number six here is the anointing. Depending on the power of God. David said, God turned my hand to walk. The anointing is God training you what he alone can do. That's a dimension where power come in contact with your faith and produce a spectacular or miraculous result. This is a dimension bigger than faith. In faith, you are trying to hold up, to trust for, to be convinced and to, to fix on that which God had done. In the anointing, it is God showing up himself to do that which you trust him to do. And the last one, yeah, a skill. What skill do you have? Hmm. You know what brought David to the palace? The skill of his hand. He was recommended because he had a skill. He was recommended because. He brought down the head of Goliath because of he had mastered the act of using the catapult. Now, in Psalm seventy-eight, Isaiah Randolph. In Psalm seventy-eight. In Psalm seventy-eight. Let me read from verse 1. See, I will open my mouth in in a parable and I will utter dark sins from old, which you have heard and have known, and our fathers have told us. We Will not hide them from their children, showing to, to the generation to come the praises of God? That's how faith is built. You meditate on the praises of God. Now, the word praises of God means that on what God had done in time past. On the praises of God. On the ability of God and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done. So when you reflect on the which God has done, your faith is big. You begin to enlarge your scope of God. But actually, that's not what I really want to show you. I want to, to mention the fact that something brought David into the palace. Although he was anointed. Although he was diligent, although he was dutiful, although he was accountable that he would not allow any bear to tear his father's sheep, although he had focus, although he had faith in the ability of God, he confronted Goliath with the faith he had, saying that if God had delivered him from the hands of bear and lions, then he was so sure that God would deliver him. So he made a brag of what God had done. But more importantly, David had a skill. Look at that Psalm 78. From verse 70 to 72, we are going to round off. He chose David also a servant and took him from the sheepfolds. So he was busy, he was dutiful, he was diligent, he had something doing. You know, I heard somebody say that there is always a gap between where God is taking you to and where you are now. And the only bridge that connects the present to the future is service, responsibility, being dutiful, being engaged, being busy, doing something, learn something, learn a skill. Pick a job. Do something, man. Add to your value. Create value. To so create value means to be a solution provider. Get a skill you can exchange for money or you can, you, can, you, you, you can use to benefit others. Connect with people. Build relationships. You know, recently the Lord began to tell me that hmm, poverty is a result of poor relationship. And most of the problems you call money problems are not money problems, they are relationship problems. Imagine if that a Jew is broke today. Let's say it did not have a dime. And it did need in, in, in it in its hundred million naira. They even say, let's even say 50 billion naira. Would he get it? Of course he would, but how would he get it? Because of the relationship. Who do you know? I see, people say, carelessly, I don't have friends, and they are comfortable. With such kind of ridiculous statement. How would you be without friend when God says it's not good that man should be alone? So verse 71. He took David, see part of 70, from the sheepfold, from following the Jews. Great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel's inheritance. Now check that. There was a testing ground for the engagement of David. He was to lead the sheep. And while he was leading the sheep, the Lord was preparing him to, for the throne to lead the people. But something must bring him to the throne. And the only place he would learn to perfect that thing that would bring him to the throne was in the forest where he was following the sheep. Moses will lead the nation of Israel. But he had to be with Jethro leading the sheep for 40 years. Where you are today is a test ground to where God is taking you to. And what God is causing you to do or calling you to do today, the assignment is bringing your path today is a preparation to where he's taking you to in the future. So David was busy busy doing something. Now verse 72, where I'm actually going. He said, God had to bring David from following the Jews to feed his people. And verse 72 now tells us how David do it. Attitude. Attitude. He says, and he fed them according to the integrity of his heart. That is righteousness. And guided them. Now check the word guide. He did not guide them by the integrity of his heart. He only relate to them with integrity of his heart. But the guiding of the people was by the skillfulness of his hands, what he had learned to do. So may I challenge you? What skill do you have today? What are you learning today? How are you adding values to yourself today such that the value will make it very impossible for you not to step into God's plan for you in time to come? And these are the seven things I believe like the five stones of David can help to take us into places, can help us to maximize, to appropriate, to seize, and to be qualified and to easily enter into that which God has in store for us. Number one is accountability. Be detailed, be meticulous, be painstaking. Don't be rash. Be organized, be planned. Set goals. Outline your moves. Draw out your, your 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 agenda, your procedures. Number two is focus. Maintain focus. Be steady. Mind one thing at a time. Do not let anything distract you or take you away from your vision, even when it is not popular. Even when nobody recognizes it. Number three is faith, total dependence of God, the ability to see the invincible. The scripture told us in that Hebrews chapter 11 that one of the reasons why Moses would dare to compromise the world, he had, you know he was a prince, an adopted prince of course. And because he was adopted, all that was legally for the prince in Egypt, Moses had, but he had at the time to compromise that because he saw the invisible. Do you think that was easy? He came to a conviction that although uh, there was something driving him on the inside, he came to the point that he saw that thing and that thing. It's not even a thing, it's a being. And that was God. He saw the invincible. He saw deliverance. He saw nation. He saw people being free from pains. And number four is a big picture of God. Like I read from, from Psalm 78. Make a proud, make a brag of what God can do and what he had done. Look at that Psalm 78 again. He said, I will open my mouth in parable verse 2. I will utter dark things of wood which you have heard and known and our fathers have the Now I want to reset, you have known it. But I will say it in such a way that it will provoke faith in you. Even when you have a pain, say there is is no devil that can put a pain on me. You know, Pastor Chris shared a story of how that a particular time was very strong. And the sickness was so serious that he became at a point so weak he could not walk. He was rushed to the hospital, so to say. He said, as unconscious as he was going, he kept on telling the doctor that he was not sick. He laid hold on the word of God. That is confidence. Making brag of God's ability. So, verse 3 says that we have heard and have known, and our fathers have told us. And then verse 4 says that we will not hide them from their children. We will not hide them from their children. It is your responsibility to tell people this because if we don't tell them, they won't know showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done for he established a testimony he left himself a proof already in Jacob and appointed the Lord in Israel which he commanded our father that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them even the children which should be born who would arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God so the end of making brag of God is that it's a lie Jesus' scope, your picture of Him, and then it helps to properly and to with all conviction put your faith in Him. That they you may put your open Him and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandment. And number four is the anointing, the God factor, relying on God's divine ability, allowing allowing and expecting god to show up in a situation where you are incapable to 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 respond to you know you can write an exam brilliantly you can prepare for it read for it but you cannot you can you cannot prepare for for ensuring that your script is not misplaced or it's not lost so in such a case take the power of god to secure your script if a lecturer decides to fail everybody, it takes the power of God over your life to exclude you or to make you escape that plan. Hallelujah. And finally, I mentioned skill. Living a value-added life. Living a life of value. Live for others. When you live just for yourself alone, you will live a very small life. And to live very big really, there I've got to tell you, you have got to live for others. You have got to think of how you can be of benefit, how you can be of help to your world. This is how you live and you make your life count. This is the issue the Lord is confronting you with today. Think about it. Think about it.